take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. And welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at couplesynergy or on LinkedIn at couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 20 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we are talking about relationships are a two-way street. Two ways. Two ways. Can't have a relationship without a two. No, no, takes two to make a thing go right. I just want to mention yeah. that we are also doing this podcast live Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. So that join us. That is on us. Facebook mm-hmm. and YouTube and LinkedIn. You can just go to our Couple Synergy page and you will be able to interact with us. We are going to be live. Stop by and say hi. Yeah, and it's a video one too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, join us and uh yeah, let's 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 chat. Let's talk about some relationship stuff. Yeah, should we start with a, a review? Sure. What do you got? Hi, Dr. Angie. I greatly enjoyed the more recent episode you two did on how chaos is necessary in our lives and relationships. Chaos is not something I would have added to my list of healthy relationship traits, but after hearing you to explain it, I really do understand. Complacency and monotony really can kill a relationship just as much as anything else. I see how disruption can harbor connection. Great conversation. That is a great comment. Thank yeah. you so much for that. Um, and she had a very unique name. Crescent's Ott, I think was her Crescent's name. Crescent's Yeah. Or Chris Christine's. Christine's. I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks that, for listening. It was, That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for getting it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we have these topics and and you know, one of us will say it and the other one will go what are you talking about? Tell me more about that because I'm not following you. And that was one of those. Like, how do we? Oh, I get it now. Yeah. 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 Like that topic on cheese. Cheese. I was just going to say. That was a good one. It was a good one. And I am hungry. So now I'm thinking about pizza cheese. cheese. (laughs) Maybe we'll have some for dinner. Yeah. So we are talking about relationships take a two-way street. Right. Yeah. It it has to be balanced. There has to be give and take and, you know, not take like a demand kind of thing, but it has to be an equal exchange. That's just how relationship works. That's how the energy 
is balance between two people. You know, finding that balance is really difficult. And oftentimes, the best way to go about it, if both people are willing, are for both people to give as much as possible. But often when we get in a stalemate, right, usually one person's chasing and the other one's running away. That's or, or more just common. not responding. Yeah. Right? So maybe we should talk about, you know, things that you should look for that would indicate that you are in an imbalanced relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay? How about you are always initiating contact. Right. And the other person, you know, may be, you know, responding, but they're never initiating contact as well. You're letting your partner know what you're doing, where you're at, but your partner doesn't let you know. Yeah. You're calling, Mm -hmm. you're texting, and maybe they're responding to you, but they're never taking the initiative to reach out. Mm Mm-hmm. And say, hey, this is what I'm doing. What are you doing? And, you know, so it's it's not it's not that they're not responding. Right. You know, they may be answering your text. They may be answering your call. But it's it's that next step of taking the initiative mm-hmm. that really shows that they are investing, you know, in the relationship. We just did an episode on the parent-child relationship. And these things are sometimes taught to us as children, depending on our parents. So if we have very invasive parents, we might not get the opportunity to do it first. And then we don't learn how to do that. Right. And, And it can be something that isn't malicious, but it's a bad habit. It Well, it, it doesn't, you're not risking anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're always on the receiving end, then, you know, you don't have to ever risk taking the initiative and maybe being blown off or maybe being rejected in some way. Or you'd like to be in control and you prefer that your partner doesn't have an opinion and you get to choose the restaurant and you get to choose what you're watching on TV and you get to choose what's on the music you're listening to or whatever and the other person is just along for the ride, which feels good at some point. Mm -hmm. But for one person, it creates a lot of resentment. And for the other person, it creates a lot of responsibility, which whether things go right or wrong, they get blamed. And that's a really lonely way to live life too. You know, we can use the example of gift giving. Mm. Because if you feel like you are always giving gifts, but you have strings attached, then it's definitely an imbalanced relationship. It's not a two-way street. I was thinking also, like, not just in our in our primary relationships, but if you went, like, out to dinner with a friend mm-hmm. and you paid. Yeah. And then you went out again. And you paid again. And you paid again. Yeah. And again. That feels very... You're not going to be going out, you know, too often. And at some point, that other person is absolutely using you. Yeah. 
And nobody would feel comfortable with that setup. It would feel like, what do you really want? You know? Yeah. And I think women feel that a lot. Well, maybe not anymore because I don't know how dating is in 2022 because I haven't dated. And, but that's always been the feeling, you know, way back when is like, well, if he pays for dinner, mm-hmm. then what? What do I owe? Yeah. And so you'd always be like, eh. and now I think probably people just pay by themselves. I don't know. We live in a world that's changed a bit. But that would be the feeling, right? If if we went out with a couple and we paid and they didn't pay ever, or if they kept trying to pay for us and wouldn't let us pay, I would stop going out for dinner. That would feel really awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, some people, they don't mind. Just taking. Well, that that's an indication that you're in an imbalanced relationship if you are with someone who is a taker. Mm-hmm. Or if you're the taker. Or if you're the taker, which I don't think you'd be listening to this podcast if you're the taker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think that... some people, especially women, you know, they may feel like they're, that's how it's supposed to be. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be very interested to know who's listening to this one. But, um, you know, other other things that you could look out for is you are always coming up with what to do. Mm-hmm. Like you're, the, you're planner. the planner. Yeah. You're getting the babysitter. You're the cruise ship director mm-hmm. figuring out everything and the other person's just along for the ride. And, you know, this is a really common thing that happens in relationships and a lot of our couples come in like that and we probably talked about this concept before of like a football field yep. and if the game's being played at the center 50 yard line then each person is contributing fairly equally I mean the ball goes back and forth but you know sometimes you will be the one doing more and you'll sometimes be the one doing less but if you're hovering around the 15 yard line and one of you is doing 85% and the other one's doing 15. That's what we're talking about. And what gets really scary with that is if the person that's doing the 85%, which is also what we call the pursuer, mm-hmm. has to dial it back to the 50-yard line, they're not sure their partner is going to make up that yardage. They're afraid that that 35% that isn't being spoken for now, is their partner actually going to come forward and join them at the 50-yard line. Well, that's the risk. Mm-hmm. That's the risk. And, you know, you have to dial back to figure out whether your partner's going to step it up. If you don't, and they try to step it up, you won't believe it. For sure. You'll be like, Especially well, you just beginning. bought me that gift because, you know, I'm upset. Right. Or you're doing the dishes because you're behaving because you're in trouble. But if you really dial it back and they're choosing to take that step forward, that's going to feel good for both of you. Cuz I guarantee you if you're on if you're on their 15-yard line, they feel invaded. I I remember a couple where he just stopped ever doing the dishes. Because every time he would go and put the dishes in the dishwasher, she would come and she would redo it. And so he was like, "Why why even do it?" Yeah. She's just going to redo it anyway. Right. So then you would stop. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's an example of where 
you know, she is not, she's crossing over the 50-yard line here and actually doing the job and redoing the job, you and, know, where she he's... she's right. Where she thinks she's right. And, you know, he's doing it. He's getting it done. I had a client and she said, I know how to fold the shirts correctly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, how do you know the right way? Did she ever tell you the right way of folding No, I don't know if it's like sleeve to sleeve where the crease would be in the center of the shirt or if it's flip back each sleeve and I don't know which way. I've seen that like in retail where people, they flip like this and the (laughs) shirt's like perfect square. I still don't know how to do that. Yeah, and she did. She worked for The Gap as a teenager and that's (laughs) where she learned the right way. And of course, he didn't work at The Gap so he didn't learn the the right right way. The (laughs) right way for being on a shelf. Right. (laughs) As opposed to he's doing it. Right, and who cares? Yeah, who cares? Like, it's his shirts. Yeah. If he wants it to be folded in a certain way, then what's what's skin off your nose? You know, it, it's a thing of control and fear. And I've heard this recently with a very overwhelmed mom mm-hmm. who has teenage children, and they don't know how to do the dishes right either, so she does it all. Oh. And they don't know how to do this right or that right. And unfortunately, what she's doing is destroying their self-esteem because they don't get to work for something. So teach them away, and, but don't just do it. And they don't get to learn you know, how doing it different ways is going to be more efficient or, what, or whatever, mm-hmm. the consequences of that. You had to learn at some point yourself. And it was really her way of avoiding having quality time with her partner. Yeah. Her way of avoiding sitting still and having to feel her feelings. So she just stayed busy all the time. There are so many people who are so anxious that they would rather be busy and believing they're doing things right yeah. than to sit in a little bit of a mess and feel what they're actually feeling to change things that would actually work better. So we're actually talking about two different things here, right? And that is a person who is in a relationship where they are initiating all the time, they're doing things for their partner all the time, and their partner is not stepping up. They are not giving an equal amount of investment in the relationship, right? It's not a two-way street. And we are also talking about a person who is doing everything Mm -hmm. and not allowing their partner to step up into that space, not allowing them to put in equal investment because you lose control. Yeah, one creates the other. Yeah, either way. Yeah. Right? Those are like two different behaviors that can create that pattern. Yeah. And, you know, here's the interesting thing. If you are wanting that control and if you believe your partner is incompetent in putting the dishes in the dishwasher correctly, there's a really good chance your partner is going to look outside of the relationship for validation. Yeah, because if you're always going to be wrong, then why wouldn't he or she look for someone that's going to tell them they're right? And that's rejection. And that's painful. And so why wouldn't you rather talk to someone who's 
accepting of you. Yeah. And your differences. And that's the danger. That's the real danger. If you're that type of person and you are in control of another person or you believe you are, I guarantee you that energy is going somewhere else. It has to. Yeah, I remember that the couple, well, we've had several couples like that where it played out even in the bedroom where, you know, he was being berated and criticized for how he was, you know, being intimate with her and shamed. Yeah. And so why would he even want to do that at all? Right, right. Or initiate anything at all. That's so vulnerable. Oof, that's that's sad. That's terrible. Yeah, and that led led to a sexless marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of sexless marriages out there, sadly. And um, you know, this two way street is so important because it requires both of you to take responsibility, and not just for the decisions being made, but also the vulnerability of what if it doesn't go right. The risk taking for sure, it's not going to go right. There are going to be bumps and bruises and mistakes along the way, and that's just part of developing a relationship. And it's it's a two way street, but sometimes, sometimes it it's going to be one way, you know, and it's going to flip flop like that, and until you find some type of a balance, and it it looks messy up front if you disrupt that pattern which looks so wonderful on the surface right on the surface the house is clean the bills are paid you know the kids are doing their thing everything seems to be functioning well but there's no us yeah there's no us it's not a relationship a one-way street is not a relationship it's one which means you believe you're in control of a relationship, but the other person's gone. They're either gone in their heart, they're gone in their head, or they're literally going somewhere else. And the natural reaction, if you are realizing you are in a relationship, it's not a two-way street, the natural reaction is to go to your partner or the other person you have a relationship with and say, you know, you should be doing this and, you know, why don't you do that and be defensive and and start up a conflict. But that's just going to repeat the same pattern. Yeah, the relationship cannot sustain a conflict at this moment. No. And... If you find yourself saying, I always. Yeah. The superlatives. You never. Maybe you shouldn't always. Yeah. And that's something you should listen to in your own language. I always am doing all the dishes. I'm not always doing all this. Stop. Just stop. See what happens. Yeah, because why are you doing it to begin with? What is your uh, your intention there? It is very difficult to... If you've been rejected, if you've been told you're wrong, if you feel like you can't please this person or do anything right, to take a risk. And you really need to look at who do you want to be as a human being. Mm -hmm. And you choose for yourself instead of letting someone else dictate. 
whether they trust you or not, believe in you or not, think you're changing or not, because ultimately you're contributing to that just as much as the other person is contributing to taking too much control. So if the person taking too much control stops and the other person chooses to do it no matter what the outcome is, what the other person thinks or It feels. really is the best case scenario. It, you being compassionate, you being caring, you, you know, saying to this the other person, you know, I, I just, I kind of feel slighted or I kind of feel hurt. And, you know, I don't really know why, you know, what's going on, but I, I just don't like the feeling of, of that. And, and I want to have a different kind of relationship. And you have to let go of the outcome. You have to let go of how the other person is going to respond because you don't have control over that. But you can at least have no regrets about speaking up and saying something versus just, you know, sitting there and fuming, you know, about, you know, the other person not really stepping up. Any type of change will help you get closer to the root of stuff, right? It doesn't matter what kind of change it is. One of the corrections we help couples make is if someone's been very passive and letting the other person make a lot of decisions, we tell them they have to plan a date and they can't tell anything to their partner so their partner can't have any input and all they can tell their partner is what day and what they should wear and they have to do everything else. And what and, you find... And the receiving yeah. partner cannot say anything. Right. They have to just accept right. it 100%, whatever it is. Just be grateful that the person made this effort. And what you find is it's very uncomfortable for both people. It's very uncomfortable for the person who is more controlling to receive. And it's more uncomfortable. Although I think it's more empowering for the person who hasn't been making decisions to go, wow, I, I did good. I figured this out and I, I feel good about that. Yeah. And then you see the other person's like, wow, that was really hard to receive. It was really hard to not know where we were going and not know what to expect and not be in control. And that's what we're talking about is that's, that's what's coming up for healing. Yeah, because if things are out of balance, it's out of balance on your side too. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not just that the other person is not stepping up. It's you are either taking on too much you know, you're filling the space. I got to fix the dishwasher because you messed it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, um, this is a very important topic, and, and it's something that I think a lot of couples are not aware of. They're not able to pull themselves out to be able to see, you know, the process occurring. And a lot of this is from old programming, and it, it has and it relates to how people view themselves within the relationship and also just how they view themselves and self-esteem-wise. Some of this is a little bit of a gender bias as well. So when women's brains have a tendency to perceive potential problems and men's brains tend to be focused and not see other things around, and so when a baby gets born especially if the woman is taking more time off work than the man, then she has a lot more opportunity to figure out what this child needs. 
And then when the guy comes home, he's a little behind the curve. And if she doesn't move over and let him step up and parent and participate in that, then it's kind of like, you know, you, you see parents do that where she's le- leaving. Here's what they eat and here's what time they go to bed and here's the clothes they should do. And and she's like parenting him to parent. Yeah. I, and that, I, yeah. I that would say that that imbalance, it, it uh, existed before having the child. Yep. It just like was really accentuated once, you know, they had had children. Yeah. Especially if the woman's a big giver because most women are givers and a lot of men are receivers and it works well when in the beginning and then when there's a baby that giving has to go somewhere else yeah and that leaves both of them feeling pretty yucky pretty unsupported and and disconnected and you know that's a big thing and like you were saying have a conversation about it yeah things are not always going to be equal you know, it's going to flux over time. But if things have become so imbalanced in one way, in one direction or another for a long period of time, th- this is where you have to have that conversation with your partner. You have to say, listen, you know, you may not be aware of this, but this is how I'm feeling. Yeah. And And that's where you can start to kind of shift things in a way so that it feels better for both of you. And don't be surprised if your partner actually feels exactly the same way. That from their perspective, they feel they're doing everything. And from your perspective, you feel like you're doing everything. Because sometimes you are, it's just in different arenas. It's always the case. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, stick with the feelings. Get back on your two-way street and, and keep the traffic moving in both directions. So we want to thank you for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoy the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.